The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature. Dear friends and sacred souls, welcome to our seventh episode on the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Thanks for connecting. In our last episode, we had an incredible discussion about frequencies and sound for healing and awakening with our good friend Ian Morris. We went through an introduction into frequencies and sound healing. We explored Ian's impactful personal healing and philanthropic journey and how this led to the birth of Listening to Smile. How sound frequencies, resonant frequencies, deeply affect us. What is frequency-minded music and how it works. And we explored some of the experiences, sensations, and results from this work with sound. In today's episode, we are going deep to challenge the traditional concept of reality and the world outside, winding through these profound topics. Distraction, deception, conspiracy, truth, saving the world. But which one? Which one? Good question. <laughs> This is going to be a mind-bending episode. So... Pace yourselves, dear sacred souls. Take a nice deep breath and pace yourselves. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We actually recommend potentially listening to this episode multiple times as it is a major shift in perspective. Yeah, good point. Here we go. All right. You would think that through knowledge and the amount that is available in this contemporary now, that people would be the happiest and the most well they have ever been, right? And yet, this is not so. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds interesting. <laughs> Sounds... Here we start. In <laughs> fact, interesting that the knowledge of the arts, sciences, astrology, mathematics, language, architecture, all of this has been piled up through civilizations over the ages. And yet, look where we've gotten. Oof. That's look, a hook. Look where we are now. Cue the video montage of news stations all over the world professing the same scripts, the fake news, and the doom messages. Mm. Cue the videos of confusion, violence, hunger, ignorance, intolerance, Mindless entertainment gets millions of views, while meaningful messages are de-optimized and blocked. Oof. Mindless entertainment. <laughs> That sounds actually s sad, brother. Yeah. Well, you see, it seems that we're on a loop, but most didn't even notice. Hmm. A loop. This must be a metaphor. There's no doubt there's a powerful <laughs> metaphor here for that. Let's indulge in this. Why not? Okay. Well, 
we are almost hopelessly distracted. Distracted with what? Or even a better question, distracted from what? Hmm. How about the most skillful of questions? Who is the one distracted? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and there it is again in less than five minutes. In actually almost four minutes. <laughs> we are already hitting the profound self-realization topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Beautiful. Beautiful indeed. You know what? Let's quote the timeless Ramana Maharshi. Generally, he says, people want to know about illusion, but do not examine to whom this illusion is. It is foolish. You see, illusion is outside and unknown, but the seeker is considered to be known and inside. Hmm. Find out what is immediate, intimate, instead of trying to find out what is distant and unknown. Oof. Ramana Maharashi. Mm -hmm. Always so profound and so simple. I love his statements. Um, we seem to think uh, uh, there's a need to be complicated, don't we? It sure seems like it, doesn't it? We love complications. Yeah, well, you know what? Now we see the relation to confusion and the original addiction. You remember that in the original, in our, uh, uh, in our previous episode? Remember the original addiction, bro? Absolutely. It's, uh, we mentioned it up, uh, actually in episode number two. Mm -hmm. And the original addiction had to do with thoughts mm -hmm. influenced by memory. Yes. Then comes the patterns. Mm -hmm. Then comes the habits. These, in the contemporary times, they refer to neural pathways. And these are basically the brain's energetic information highways. Mm -hmm. And now they're set on repeat and addicted to the looping for chemical rewards. Oof. This is actually getting crazy already. <laughs> but a good crazy, for sure. <laughs> now... You talk about chemical rewards. Do you mean by these uh, the, the dopamine hits like in the usual social media? Uh, sure, dopamine language? hits. Yeah, dopamine, all the body's inner chemicals. Dopamine, uh, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different inner chemicals that are produced. And, and like dopamine, for example... Uh, this is related to the habit former, mm -hmm. which is why it's always related to the loop on the social media, because this is the habit former drug. That's what it's known as. Mm -hmm. And you've got oxytocin, which is known as the hugging drug or the love hormone. Oh, very uh, popular. Hello. <laughs> Serotonin, which is related to pride, accomplishment, status. Okay. Uh, endorphins which, and there are quite a few endorphins, which are related to natural painkillers. Yeah. And the exercise high, when like the runner's high, where someone goes and runs 5K and then they get this buzz. Yeah. That's the endorphins running. And there are others. But as we know, when drugs are abused, here comes trouble. Trouble oh, yeah. ensues. No, ad infinitum. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
and you know addicted to thoughts that's very interesting and that means that we are addicted to the inner drugs which start by the thoughts well yeah the thought is the low hanging fruit of your attention mm -hmm. and so the it because it's all about your attention exactly so your attention is being triggered towards this finite phenomena and as it's chasing it it starts to get addicted to it but it's not enough so it needs more just mm -hmm. like any uh situation where this uh, this addiction happens someone is now craving because the next hit isn't enough it's like they call in the uh you know i've heard the term where they say chasing the dragon mm -hmm. where they're chasing that first high but they can never replicate it mm -hmm. now this is happening in the body with the body's chemicals it's like you know someone's running and going i want that buzz i'm running now again i'm going to run twice a day instead of once mm -hmm. <laughs> but it never it's never the same as the first one well you're chasing that original high yeah i mean look look at it this way we're basically living on a scarcity security escape loop and using memory and phenomena to hit the chemical buttons yeah wow but let's uh, pace ourselves here <laughs> i mean it, it definitely makes sense but it's uh it's actually hard to confront almost sad really no i mean well yeah let's let's peel it back a little bit we'll take our time we're on a tempo let's breathe no let's take in fact let's all do it together let's invite our listeners wherever you are right now to take in a deep breath and hold it. Now focus deeply and inwardly and then release slowly, let go of your breath. Ah, there we go. Now let's bring in the greater picture. As the powerful law of correspondence professes, as is above, so is below. Mm. This is the relationship between the micro and the macro. So you can look at the condition of the world, quote unquote, and see its underpinnings within the person. Wow. There is definitely a perspective shift going on here. And you know what? The law of correspondence is so key. This as above, so below micro macro it applies it's profound oh yeah you can it, find it everywhere it's incredible mm -hmm. when you just that alone there's a podcast there <laughs> <laughs> there's a podcast just on that law imagine just on that our plan is to do is to work through some different natural laws that one alone is like profound profound so yes um you know what so now let's touch base on the real question who or what is leveraging the memories and phenomena to get the chemicals because here's the catch here's the twist it turns out it's not a who what <laughs> let me walk us walk us down that that trail all right check this out what you 
consider to be a person making the choice is actually bias, autopilot. It's not that there's a, it's a habit that's replicating itself. What happens is, is that an individual personalizes phenomena and then makes it a person. They're personalizing an event that's impersonal. Mm. So one is perceiving an event and before just being with the event, one makes it personal. Personal. You got it. And that's... So imagine that there's a habit happening and the individual says, that's just how I am and Ooh. claims it to be their personality. And yet, there's nobody behind it. There's not a sentient being behind it. It's literally a loop. Wow. <laughs> I told you this was going to be mind-bending. Yes, indeed. That's, it, it, it really is. And let's, let's, let's pace into it. You see, when your identity is based on associations, you personalize and assume this associations to be personal, a.k.a. otherwise known as a person. Hmm. Personalize. Oh, as uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj said, he says, you do not suffer. Only the person you imagine yourself to be suffers. You cannot suffer. You cannot suffer. Wow. This is really uh, subtle nouns. This is very, this is a, yes, this is the nuance. This is a nuance because you see the key here is that when saying when, there's going to be people and let's introduce this in, a, in, in, in another way to the audience because yes. someone could hear this and go, how dare you? I'm suffering right now. And yet here's the nuance. Claiming phenomena to be personal and suffering by that association. So when the phenomena becomes impersonal, you no longer have to suffer. It's like you imagine that when you watch something happening to someone and you have no relation to it and someone trips and falls, you may go, oh, and want to help them up. Yeah. But you're not suffering through it because you perceive it to be someone else and it's not your problem. As soon as you claim the problem, you suffer by the problem you claim. Oof. <laughs> wow. Super interesting, but yes, we... We'll go slow in this. We'll just peel it back. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to peel it back. You see, what we're talking about is we're talking about a habit, a bias, not a sentient being doing the decisions. Let's call it the bias or let's introduce the ego here. Mm. One doesn't suffer. Only the person that one imagines oneself to be suffers. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's like uh, re-examining clues to a big mystery. Now, to a very big mystery. Now you're getting into it. <laughs> now we're getting into it. Yes, it sure is, my brother. When you are not distracted. No, when we are not distracted. We are present. 
and can actually examine the clues skillfully. Remember, do you remember the cartoon Scooby-Doo? Uh, yeah, Scooby-Doo, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you remember how there were always there was always a culprit, and then once they apprehended him at the end of the show, they pull off his mask, and it turns out to be the guy that was closest to them who was playing the good guy with them the whole time? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> <laughs> you starting to get it now? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so in this case, you pull off the mask of the culprit and the ego appears. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no? And it, yes. And, and now let's just chop one more angle into the ego. Mm-hmm. The ego is just bias. It's not a sentient being. Mm-hmm. That's the loop. There's no person behind it. You see? Yes. Ha <laughs> ha. Listen up. Listen, my beautiful brother and dear audience. What's happening is that we have been lost. We have been essentially distracted, asleep in phenomena, in the dream, and attempting to gain more knowledge without knowing who's looking for it, mm. without knowing our true identity. And this is essentially ignorance on repeat. Now, please understand, with much empathy here, the term ignorance, it's not meant to offend the ego or <laughs> the habit. Yeah. It clearly describes being unaware or uninformed. Definitely. Definitely interesting path today in this in this fabulous seventh episode. Mm-hmm. The fabulous number seven. Uh-huh. Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, instead of quoting book knowledge or professing the doom state of the world, we are inviting you, our listeners, to entertain uh, a very significant shift in how you were seeing things and to whom are they seen. No? Mm. So basically... Uh, we want you to challenge your perceptions, see from different angles, different, different things. Indeed. So many are debating with relative knowledge. This is, do you remember I sent you that image that had the two guys on either ends and they were arguing with each other and at the foot, one is standing there, and from his perspective, there's a big number six there. Absolutely. And then the other guy's standing at the top of it, and he's staring at the other guy, and from his angle, it's a number nine, <laughs> and they're arguing and going, it's a six, it's a nine. That is profound. <laughs> this is the difference in perspective, you see? Absolutely. <laughs> so imagine that these guys are arguing to be right. Wait a sec, Right. Didn't you hear, two rights don't make a wrong, but three lefts make a right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Three lefts make a right, just in case you guys have trouble making rights. Um, (laughs) So this, no, this whole wanting to be right thing, no, this is based on really a lack of capital S, self-esteem. A lack of self-esteem comes from a lack of self-knowledge, capital S. 
We're not talking about the imagined associate self. You see, there's where a lot of people are misinterpreting self-esteem. You can't build the esteem of something that doesn't exist. True self-esteem comes from self-knowledge. The fulfillment of who you actually are is where your expansion comes from. Mm -hmm. And so this this whole esteem based on a shell character, I say, and then wanting to convince the other. Now, needing to convince means not convinced. Yeah. And so this is based on the need to be recognized. Who needs to be recognized? Who needs recognition? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, sounds like we are talking about, let me, let me think, but... Um, the the character in the movie. You got it. Bingo. It's the ego. Exactly. So now we see the catch. There's still a nuance here. We're going to take it slow. But you see, being right can only be based on a limited perspective. So let's look at it with a broader scope. One can only be right based on their consciousness state. Or as we say, their positionality positioned at the base of the of that number shows it's a six Mm -hmm. positioned at the top of the number looking down shows it's a nine Mm -hmm. this is positionality this is so interesting because you see the thing is is that another if we think of the other another can also be right based on their consciousness state, based on their positionality. So the guy at the top says, I'm right because I'm looking at the number nine. The guy at the bottom says, I'm right because I'm looking at the number six. Wow, how interesting because they're both right. And yet, with a broader consciousness state, both will also be wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, are, uh, is anyone confused yet? <laughs> I think you're uh, you're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my god! And uh, yes and no. Like <laughs> okay, you know this is like very interesting episode. It, it it actually makes so much sense, but it's quite difficult to grasp at the beginning. These are relative from each perspective. This is why it's so important to actually have many perspectives. Okay, so the omni perspective. You ever see those perspective experiments? Like from one direction, it's a square. I think I sent you one before yes. where you walk in, there's these, there's different galleries and all these, you know, these are um, optical illusions, yes. these mind tricks. Yeah. And there's some really amazing ones, you know, where you look at the, you look at something and you it's just face. still, yeah, or you see these still, um, Uh, circles and all of a sudden they start swirling around and you're like, they're not moving anywhere. Or you walk up that one that I love. It's in a, it's in a display somewhere. I don't remember where, where it is, but you walk up and it's hanging from these wires and it looks like it's, it's, it's a square. You walk up and it's a square. Mm -hmm. You go beside it and it's this weird warped sideways shape. You go behind it and it's a circle, the very same shape. It's crazy. It's mind bending. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it somewhere in. Yeah, so these are. Absolutely. Yeah, these are optical illusions. Yeah. Uh Super interesting. So you see, our path is wisdom. 
and knowledge and wisdom are not the same. We've talked about this. Yeah. So cue the cue the Gyana button here. Absolutely. <laughs> Hit the Gyana light. No. See the knower knows this. This is so significant here. Listen, the knower knows from his or her consciousness state, like the reporter. No, on the news, the reporter reports from his or her consciousness state. Mm-hmm. Remember what we had mentioned some podcasts back, and that was that the scale that is off, it weighs all things incorrectly. Yes. Right? The calibration. Yeah. So here, we'll cue the Maharshi. I'm going to cue the, I'm going to have like a Maharshi button and we're just going to hit Ramana Maharshi <laughs> because <laughs> he's so, so significant. <laughs> so, so prolific. He said, he said, what is the meaning of this talk of truth and falsehood in the world that itself is false? Oof. <laughs> Now, to what s- world is he talking about, Ro? Well, well <laughs> let's see, because there's, it seems that there's mm-hmm. many. Mm. <laughs> now, we're talking about also this, this um, deceptive industries, conspiracies, all based on deceiving you. But the question I really have is, why? Why the deception? Yes, why indeed? Why don't we do this? Let's take a slight shift and take a moment to reframe the term conspiracy. Yes, please. According to the etymology of the word, it can mean a plotting, Mm -hmm. also an agreement. It can mean union. It can mean unanimity, to agree, unite, Plot, and finally, drum roll, please. (laughs) Check this out. It can also mean to breathe together. Conspiracy? Yes. Really? (laughs) Ha ha. Please walk us us down that that rabbit hole. Wouldn't you prefer (laughs) the all of us breathe together conspiracy? Absolutely. Yes. This is the etymology. You see, the thing is, is that... What there's these intentions behind the words, and when a word gets hijacked, mm-hmm. and this is what we're experiencing in these times, that the, there's terms like cancel culture. You can't say that, but we can do this. Words are hijacked. Take a word, hijack it, so that everyone only conceives that that word and what it means is based on the what's being broadcast. But conspiracy isn't just some evil plot. It's literally just a unifying concept. It, you could take it to the, you could go like this. You could go, you could take it to the negative side. You could take it to the positive side. Well, I mean, this is very interesting, super interesting, but it seems we have only been conditioned to know it as the theory of evil. Conspirations. Yes, yes. The evil conspirators that are hiding. Conspirators. Yes, exactly. And you know what? It really is a requirement of skillful objectivity to see both sides. So this relates, by the way, to another law, the law of polarity. Hmm. Could you 
Brother Jay, could you walk us down that that law? Yes, let's walk down Please. that one. It's really actually very simple. Basically, all things, quote unquote, all things are of dual nature. This is what the law of polarity is. All things, now things are objects, you see. Mm-hmm. All things are of dual nature. All opposites are reconciled by this law. In order for something to be in this in object, it is of dual nature. It has a positive and a negative polarity to it. Yeah. This is a very important and very impactful law. And so we can see this law represented in in graphic, in a, in a graphic manner. This is where we find the yin-yang, right? Sure, yes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, more about natural laws in an upcoming podcast. Because well, that's another one, complete. That's, that's coming up. <laughs> that's it. We got another one coming up just on that law. Absolutely. So yes, that's, you see, it turns out this world is actually projected by you by your psyche. So then who's deceiving who? Ooh, once mm-hmm. again. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, the deception. There it is. In reality, there's nothing outside of you. And I know that listeners are going to hear this and go, what are you talking about? And reach over and touch the table and go, this guy's nuts. Mm-hmm. But you see, sacred science has already exposed this and always referred to us to discover this through investigation, literally, what we interpret as the outside, quote unquote, is only sensory impressions picked up through the nervous system. And where is the nervous system located, bro? It's inside of us. You got it. It's in our biology. Yes. So let, let me just take a couple steps back. So what you're saying is in this major perspective shift that I project my world by my psyche and I interact with it through my nervous system, but at the same time, it seems that it exists on the outside, but in reality, it only exists on the inside. (laughs) Yes, doesn't that sound a little warped and crazy and awesome? Crazy and awesome. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Bingo. You see, in this paradigm shift, in this perspective, yes. But don't believe what is being shared here. By all means, investigate. Absolutely. And I actually love this aspect here about the Sacred Dynamics podcast, of course. We aren't asking you to convert to a belief system here or anything like that. We are actually inviting you, our listeners, to investigate your works, awaken your curiosity. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Let me say this. You know what? Before we step past this, I just want to say one thing. Just it may help to shape this. Yes. Naturally, one would have questions like, If I'm projecting it, then how come there's all these other things that I didn't come up with? Mm -hmm. I drove by and I saw this sign and I saw this thing. And and so how we would approach that is that when we learn about the field of the mind, 
which we're going to be tasking and communicating through. And we did uh, a very important podcast on the mind Absolutely. and meditation. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to do that. And it, it and it's very important that one starts to understand that with the field of the mind, which is very fertile soil, there are all sorts of impressions. These impressions are being impressed onto us from within, from this phenomena, from these different waves and vibrations. And what's keeping continuity to all this quote-unquote outside world is memory. If you didn't remember any of this, you would be fresh right now. There would be no... You, if you didn't remember this is a desk, there's no desk here any longer. Just a vibrancy factor, just a mm. frequency. You would start to unravel all these things that you had memorized to be one thing, mm-hmm. and they would shift out of that. It's the memory that's locking them and keeping the continuity of it together. But all of these impressions, they're happening on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's in, in, it's in the collective. So it's not only happening to one, but it's ha- happening to all. Now we're going we're gonna to ease through this. Mm-hmm. The, the law of correspondence, as is above, so is below. The micro, the macro, right? So when you have your idea of your individual, this would be the micro. When you refer to the macro being all of the people, would Mm -hmm. be the macro version of yourself. Mm -hmm. The individual would be the micro version of yourself. You drop in and you go, one cell is the micro version of your singular self. All of the cells is the macro version Mm -hmm. of your singular self. You see how this, I don't want to go too far down the correspondence path, but you start to see how skillful it is when you start to see these correlations, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, Very interesting. So, and by the way, have you noticed that we learn here in this realm in opposites? Oh, my, I mean, just keeping, keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep dropping them. All right, pace wait, yourselves. But, I told you, pace yourselves. Yes, but wait a little bit. Uh, we learn in opposites? How, how is that? Um, uh, maybe we are going to need to meditate on this. I, I think that's a great <laughs> idea. But <laughs> how do we learn opposites. in opposites? Okay. Hmm. All right. Look, more on this in a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so why, you ask first, why? Why do we learn in opposites? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because this world is a reflection. Hmm. Please keep us walking us down this <laughs> rabbit hole. Okay. Look, <laughs> for an experiment. Yeah. Okay. Take a book. Go to a mirror. Hold the book up and look at the writing. In the mirror. Yes. And what will you find? You'll find that the writing is backwards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why? Because it's a reflection. Yes. We are the illusionists of our own illusion. Ooh. <laughs> Nevertheless, an illusion. Mm. No? If I understand correctly, 
The opposites work as a reference point for us to understand and learn from our experiences. Wow, you're astute, my brother. You're very astute. Now, about the learning in opposites. Yes, think about it like this. Think about salt and sugar. Mm -hmm. You didn't ever taste, if you didn't ever taste the salt, the sweet wouldn't be sweet. That's the opposite, correct? So you learn about the sweet from the salt. Mm. You see? So imagine, we learn about love outside, quote unquote, by this reverse reflection, by the lack of love. The lack of love where? Out there. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it seems this podcast uh, episode will need to be replayed a few times to really appreciate how profound this is. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about when we do see love? I mean, not the sense, but we feel love. Ah, yes. The key. You just pointed out the key. You see, you said we feel it. Where do you feel it? Do you feel it outside? No. Yeah, of course, inside, no? Ah, now you're onto it. Uh-huh. Now you're all onto it, listeners. You see, it's pointing to the source of the reflection. Yes. You sense it because you're sensing the source of the reflection, but most relate it to the external object and not the source of the feeling. Hint, hint. Absolutely. Wow, this is awesome. So... One must basically feel the love. Well, I mean, that's the only way you can. It's just knowing where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. You see, this is the whole inside part. The only part. Well, you know what? Let's go, let's go back to your world just for a sec. Let's circle back to your world. You know, the one that you see and are in right now? Mm -hmm. Dear brother, dear listeners... See, it turns out that this world that seems so messed up is this way by design. What? By design? And whose design? Yours. What? How, how can you say that this is my design? <laughs> um, <laughs> how dare you? You know, besides, I think that's, in, that's sort of impossible. I... I I definitely didn't design this. I, uh, I, was, I wasn't thinking of designing this. Hmm, wait. Just follow along with an open mind, okay? This is not by accident. Do you know why? Why is it, my friend? Remember, in this perspective shift, that what you deem to be all around you is actually within you. So take a moment to breathe and process. Just entertain the idea, just here and now, just for a moment, okay? Wow. Imagine for a moment that what you deem to be all around you is actually within you. Uh-huh. Now, if you were to project this onto a mirror, it would be backwards. Hmm. Makes sense. Okay, now yeah. let's take it a step further. Let's take a deep breath, loosen up, okay? Imagine that everything is always right now. So 
For this exercise, I'm going to ask you just for a moment to drop the idea of linear time. Drop it out of the picture, as hard as it may seem. Without time, without a clock, every shape, every pattern, every image, in a big soup of potentiality, similar to white noise, unlimited, formless potential, all now. Okay. All right. Yep. And that, that complete potential is not outside, but it's all in, within you. All right. So we must imagine that we have all this universe right inside of us. Well, first you'll imagine it and then you'll investigate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now consider this. Whatever frequency that you tune to, that you hold to, reflects this into shape through sound frequencies, through energetic tendencies. I call it your keynote vibration. Definitely. So this means that I reflect what I tune to. And what I have tuned to mostly has been based on what I already know based on my memories, memories or past experiences, and the beliefs that these generate. It does, uh, I, I, I learn, so I, I start to understand that I learn that whatever I reflect is the inertia of my experience and how I perceive it. But now, how to change it, how to manipulate it, in the good sense of the word. Okay. For sure. Again, that's a word that someone could take that and one polar side of that word would be manipulating out of some negative context. Yep. And then you could flip the word the other way and see that you were forming and manipulating out of positive context. Yes. So let's, let's first look at the catch, that the general conditions are based on a primal program of security. So you've been biasing towards objects that you already know. Instead of entering the formless, you repeat, clinging to the known. Memories, programs, bias. Da 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 da. You <laughs> see? Back to the top. And this, out of literally, out of protection from the unknown from the cosmic unlimited soup. Imagine that you are protecting yourself from the fear of the exponential potentiality by holding on to what is already known. Oof. The cosmic unlimited soup. <laughs> Sounds tasty. <laughs> I, I love it. It's on special at Joe's, <laughs> at Joe's Soup House. Everybody get down there. <laughs> but why is, why is this fear? I mean, how can we understand? Well, you remember the primary fear? You remember in episode two about the primary fear? The fear of separation? Ah, let's look at that for a sec. Okay. Separation. Separation, remember, this is the fear of being separate from your source. This could also be interpreted as the fear of annihilation. Mm-hmm. From the unknown future, 
being without you in it. From the unknown future being without you in it. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's the fear of separation. Imagine that the future, you're not in it, which means you hold on here so that you don't disappear. Oof. I'm not in the future. Come back to the past. You get it? Yes. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this is crazy stuff. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Right? <laughs> it's getting sure. interesting, right? Isn't it? I mean, okay. Let's consider who is in a potential threat for annihilation here. Who would be in threat of not being in the future? Well, the one that we are always trying to chase. Ah. And this, is, this would be the ego. Bingo. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. You got it. So the ego is afraid of... One self wanting to eliminate. Well, look, remember, the ego is a bias. Mm -hmm. And so it requires your energy to continue it. So you're believing in that the ego won't exist, but you don't realize it because you think you're him. Mm. You see? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so why why is I mean the the word the the world projection why the difficult and disharmonious? I mean is the reality that we're living is like uh why is it difficult? Why? Yeah. It, remember the quote from from Nisargadatta? It's not that you're suffering. Yes. It's that the person that you believe yourself to be is suffering. Who is the one you believe yourself to be? Yes. The bias. Absolutely. The ego. So let's say it like this. Let's provide you the conditions. This is what this, is what this whole point of it is for. Mm -hmm. The whole point of it. Because remember, you're projecting it. Why? To provide the conditions, the environment for you to catalyze, for you to step up, for you to wake up in your movie. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a good point because now we are talking about waking up and I would ask, wake up to what? Mm. To your true identity, of course. The self-realization. Ah, let's breathe. Ah, you got it. Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. We're, you're taking us through a very powerful shift <laughs> and the way to see it. Look, the clues are always right under your nose, between the lines, and always when, Ro? In the present moment. Now, exactly. Okay, so we don't see the clues because we are distracted. Again, with what are we distracted? Ah, a character... You're playing in a movie, right? Sensory gratification, dopamine hits. Wait, who are you really? <laughs> <laughs> you are the one, Neo. Wow. You're the one. Just like the documentary. Mm -hmm. So this is about how much illusion can you take until you want the real now stuff. Now you got it. That was profound what you just said. How much illusion can you take until you can, can't stand the illusion any longer and want 
the real. Well, that's the catalyst. Yes, because mm -hmm. you have to be the one that steps up. It can't be anyone else. There's only one, and you are him, Neo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know why, bro? I'm going to tell you why. What, what will it take for you to stand up and save your world? Remember we said at the start, save the world. But which one? Mm -hmm. Yours. This realm needs a hero. The one who will wake up from their slumber to save their world. Mm. And so just to be clear, we, we are going to save who? You're going to save yourself. Exactly. From who? From the non-self. You right. see? The false self. Otherwise known as the ego. Wow. It turns out I have been hijacked by the ego without knowing. And now I must eliminate it. The ego, the character I knew for my whole life to become oneself. Hmm, that's a a pretty tough task. No, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be just because I have to. Please. I'm just going to shape it a bit. You see, the thing is, is that since the ego is only a personalized concept of bias or phenomena, mm -hmm. it's not that you have to break it. It doesn't exist. You have to stop funding it. Release. For, you have to stop funding it. This is the shift in perspective that is so, so powerful. See, then the idea would be then that imagine that you are this, the separate self chasing around to get rid of the separate self. It will never happen. It will never happen. And so this is the game that's being played that we're doing on ourselves. That's which a is, loop. This is the incredible peelback that we're doing in this episode. I know that it's mind-bending, but for significant reason, because we're perceiving this persona that's causing us all this trouble. And the only reason it is is because we believe it's a person. <laughs> and not only... An ex-person. It's <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> no? Look, remove the idea of becoming. I mean, this is a trap. Mm. No? So when one eliminates the ego, <clears throat> this is when one puts oneself into in, in service to others? Or... Uh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Let's look at it like this. As soon as you're no longer distracted, and this is the key, the distraction is the bias, the, 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 the looping, yes, the loop, mm -hmm. right? You disengage from the distraction, and this is where you start to find out your true identity. With your true identity, now you are basically Superman in your world. No more limits, no more suffering. Now you're here on task. Mm -hmm. And what is your task? To save your world. 
from the non-self. Mm-hmm. So what do they say? They say, if you're down, lift someone up. Oof, that's powerful. So now we see that now what do I do that I realize that I'm not being held down by this construct? I raise up and now you're the one, Neo. Ta-da! Dodging bullets and all. Yes! <laughs> so this is where we need to remove the idea of becoming mm. because this is a trap. You see, you're our, your true identity isn't, you're not becoming it. You are it. So now you're being it. Mm-hmm. This is the difference between being and doing because it becomes becoming takes effort. Being is effortless. Why? Because you already are. That's why it's effortless. Yes. So then that's why it takes so much effort when you're playing something that you're not. Mm, That's why you feel you're going in reverse. Yes. Wow. That's a profound nuance, my brother. Thanks for Mm. sharing. So let's keep an important metaphor. Let's Let's use a really key metaphor for this example. Let's look at deep sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope that our listeners are getting a chance to dip into that because deep sleep is such a significant state. It's one of the main three states that are very significant here. When you're in deep sleep, it is a serene experience, free from any thought perceptions, It's just pureness. And during this state, there aren't objects in your consciousness. So there's no body, there's no mind, just a pure state of tranquility. As if the world around you had vanished, leaving only a profound emptiness. Oh, I know that space well. Uh, from episode one, mm-hmm. I, we talked about it, but yes, definitely, oh, everything yeah. disappears. Yes, and yet you still exist. Mm-hmm. No body, no mind, no phenomena, and yet you still exist. There's a clear, there's a clue here. Now, now, as you wake up from deep sleep, something interesting happens. You see, you tend to forget this profound insight that was present in that luminous emptiness. Instead, you begin to believe in the existence of objects outside of your awareness again. Mm. And, and that sounds like we are back, like connecting back to memories. Bingo! There it is. So this is when one wakes up and immediately goes to... The usual grind. The belief, this, is, this belief forms the basis of one's perception of the world. This mm-hmm. is what in the Buddhist tradition they call samsara. Mm. Samsara, the dream. You see, you were in this effortless, blissful state. And then as you, quote unquote, started to wake up, remember everything's in reverse here. Mm-hmm. You start to wake up, your memory kicks in, and you start to perceive this world again, and you're back in the struggle, but you weren't struggling in deep sleep. Quite the opposite. Not at all. Quite yeah. the opposite. Wow, this is like a, 
Like a treasure hunt for the greatest treasure of all. Boom. <laughs> Another reference for self-realization. Yes. Now here's the interesting part. Wait a sec. Hasn't this all been exotically interesting to you yet? One hundred percent. Okay. Finally, when one one's distraction of interest in what I call <clears throat> the diminishing returns from illusory phenomena, mm -hmm. from the illusion, when it wears down, this is as we had discussed. One finally craves the real. One craves the lasting, and starts to see glimpses of that same insight. This is the awakening path. Mm. So once you start to peel back the curtain, even when you're confronted with objects in the waking state, you start to see through it. This is the progress that the practice brings. Cue the great wake up. Yes. Now imagine this. Imagine that we could say that awakening is you in a continuous state of conscious connection. The breakups are the memories, the habits, the distractions. Mm -hmm. When you remove them, you go into a continuous state. So you take your practice with you and you move it around and you start to go into a continuous state, that is enlightenment. Mm. The continuous state of wake. Very well said. <laughs> I mean, easy, easy to grasp as you just... Cue the wake up, he says. Samsara, this dream world we consider real, is no longer perceived as a separate and independent reality. We wake up in the dream, lucid and fully aware. In fact, we start to recognize that bliss, liberation, is synonymous with our already ever-present awareness that exists without objects. As I've said before, you are the eternal subject. Boom. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> And at the same time, it, it, it feels delicious. No? Yes. Like when, once you know that that's the essence behind all. Tasty. It's Tasty. beautiful. When <laughs> The thing is, is that when one is compelled to investigate further, one discovers that the objects that we had perceived are nothing more than appearances within the vast emptiness that is always available here and now. This is what we were referencing as unlimited potentiality. Mm -hmm. as, it's, as it's known in uh, the uh, Veda tradition as the cosmic womb. Yeah. It's pure potential. No, it's known as pure potential here and now. The cosmic womb. The cosmic womb. Yes. So when you imagine that if you had every, all potentials, as soon as you drop it down to one single shape, you've lost locked, the rest. You've locked out all the other potentials. Mm -hmm. And so you see now that there's this grasping and clinging to objects, which is blocking this creative flow state. We, we want to be tapped in to the cosmic womb, 
but not just for little moments. We want to be in a continuous, fluid expression, mm -hmm. informed through this cosmic womb. Wow. This is our ultimate expression or expressive state here of being and flowing. Yes. The cosmic womb of a very powerful metaphor. Oh, yeah, indeed. And <clears throat> actually, you know, as we speak of, uh, you know, I'd like to say that uh, the womb, there's an incredible shape. We had Ian Morris on on our last show. And if you look at his uh, um, logo. The company logo. Yes. Look Listening at the, to smile. Yes. Look at the company logo. It's got these circles in convergence. Yes. And with each of them, it produces this sacred geometry, this mathematical shape in the middle, and it's known as the Visica Pisces. Mm -hmm. And so this is also known as the Yoni. There's a very, this is the cosmic womb, man. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And that's for another episode <laughs> altogether. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is really deep. Um, uh, as mentioned several times, uh, our listeners will, will probably want to listen a few times. Recommendable. Yeah. So back to the story. Mm -hmm. Look, so we got this emptiness, this luminous condition of being of awareness, of presence. This is the very foundation upon which the world of objects arises. So pre-object, we're talking pre-object. Remember, you pulled out the, we, we said, take out just for a moment, take out linear time. Imagine that it's nothing but potential. Anything can be right here, right now. You stop the clock and get rid of it. And now you've got absolutely anything can be. And from there, objects arise. But you see, you're pre-there, you're pre-object. Uh -huh. <laughs> Pause and breathe. Pause and breathe. And so many might, might have thought, based on the title, of course, that this was going to be about some external conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting skillful. There's a lot of doom talk. Mm -hmm. We don't, using fear to uh, do anything is really not skillful. Yeah. So instead of using that, we're going in a different path. Just as deep sleep reveals a glimpse of pure peace without objects, investigation reveals that the objects encountered in waking state come and go like waves in the vast ocean. The ocean of emptiness. This investigation invites the realization of the profound truth that liberation lies not in escaping the world, but in recognizing the emptiness and luminosity that permeates all things, all phenomena. The ocean of consciousness. And this is how one saves his own world. You got it. Mm -hmm. This is the profound wake up. Bringing in the unlimited creative awareness, live and constant, through your art, through your instrument, through your work, through your service, dot, 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 ad infinitum. Yes. 
<laughs> so if everything comes from this emptiness and luminosity that permeates all phenomena, this means that all that exists is perceived through our brain, our nervous system, and quote-unquote interactions interpreted by our mind. If one keeps the mind still and observant, one sees that phenomena activates and inactivates. The key is to find what remains. There you go. You have to be able to be still and watch. Instead of getting involved, constantly getting involved, watch it and see what happens. It comes, it goes. It comes, it goes. Find out what remains. I like to say, I, I, at times I'll say, you know, it's like you're in the car and you see something coming and it's coming from the front through your, uh, through your uh, windshield. And as it's coming, you're like, here it comes. And then it goes past you. And then you look in the rear view and go, there it goes. If you weren't to watch it go, you wouldn't know its complete cycle. You get stuck in the middle of it mm -hmm. and you suffer. Watch it come and go and see that what remains is the seer. Mm. Phenomena comes and goes. What remains is the seer. Mm -hmm. Boom. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the fact is uh, deep sleep is actually pure presence. Yet, in the absence of perceptions and thoughts, in awareness, this is what it is. Deep sleep is a state of total peace. And why? No character to be annihilated. You see, this is where the peace is. There's no one that's, there's no character to go. And so, no separation conflict, no deception, no body, only pure natural presence. That's it. We, it's amazing how we tend to overlook the profundity, the, the profoundly simple. We just overlook it. It, it, it. In a way, it seems that it doesn't matter. Um, we like to seek more complex things. Why is that? Well, look, look at it this way. I'll, I'm going to throw a curve at you. Check this out. The ego mind, quote unquote, craves thought computation. It craves recognition. Why? Because its only trait is thought computation. <laughs> and it wants the trophy. Of course. That's what it does. So imagine, if all you can do is think, then all you're going to do is think. Oof. You see? Yes. That's why. That's why stock. So now when you associate yourself to be the mind, now you want the trophy for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. This is so profound. I mean, our true state, the thing is, is it's always the same. It's changeless. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you, right now, if you take a moment and you go inside the, the, the witness of all of these events, does the witness seem like it's aged? No. Like, does the witness seem like, you look at the body and you go, oh, wow, I, I could see a picture of this body from... 30 years ago, and then I see a picture of it now and I go, oh, wow, you've aged. Mm -hmm. And yet, I can pick up the exact sentience of that energy from 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's the same as yesterday, 
What's aged for the, for the witness, the seer? Nothing. It always is. It no always age. has been. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is actually great news. <laughs> oh, it, it even feels relaxing once you know there's this essence, eternal essence. No? One must learn to stay relaxed and in peace. Relaxed and in peace to remain connected to all, uh, to, to our default condition, our original state. Brother, let me tell you, relaxation is a superpower. So in a, in a way, if one finds himself or, you know, not relaxed, that's like a, a, a definite sign that one needs to jump into the breathing and You're relax. locked. You, the thing is, is that your bandwidth, it constricts. Mm -hmm. You lose your capacities. So one doesn't have to be in that in, in tension to accomplish anything. Why would you want tension? Well, because the perception is, is that you're putting, you want to put more effort because, for example, someone is looking to uh, force more effort into something. Like, you know that they, I used to say this years ago, that the Olympic athletes, when they do running, they don't train the runners to run at 100%. They train them to run at 80 so that they remove the friction and tension out of them. Mm. And that ends up creating the efficiency that gets their best times. That makes sense. So you see, it's that, imagine that you start to do things, in, in this quote-unquote do things. Imagine that you, instead of <clears throat> grinding to be the doer and, and looking to force it, imagine that you are lucid and effortless and you just allow it to come through you. And then there's no restriction on what can come through you. Mm -hmm. And so then the potential of the outcome goes up dramatically. Yeah. But we have always perceived that it was about the grind, the, the squeeze, the friction. Yes. And the friction is what breaks us down and inhibits our potential. So Oof. relaxation is a superpower. In fact, in the yoga, the, the Vedas and the Vedanta, they call your natural state sat-chit-ananda, which is being consciousness bliss. Being is reality. Being, in this reference, is the eternal reality. It's the self. Mm -hmm. So all experiences, as they say in these, in these traditions, because you see these traditions... The if we talk about bringing things, it, it, bringing these very powerful meanings through, for example, these traditions through India. Why India? Because the thing about India is that India actually brought their what they brought to the world is different than what other uh, civilizations or countries brought. Mm -hmm. Instead of bringing, uh, you know, certain revolutionary techniques in machinery, what they revolutionized was consciousness. They were, and in many senses, there are, there, there are those that say that part of the reason that India had developed such a rich culture was because of their uh, geographical location, because the massive 
uh, tallest mountain range in the world blocks their upper area from invasion. And because of the distance that they were during, saying, thousands of years, the other two parts of India are all on, on the sea. And so there wasn't the, the ocean-going technology to invade them from the sea, and the mountains blocked them from being invaded from other cultures. So they were in this state of ease and culturing. And their gift to humanity is <clears throat> their going into the technology of consciousness mm -hmm. and peeling back the inner verse. And this is what's so profound. And, you know, what they say is that all experiences are just tricks of the mind. All experiences are just escapes. And I'm paraphrasing Nisargadatta. He says, anything you attach yourself to will get you stuck. Any label, any affiliation, any identification inhibits one's full exploration of the truth. This is why we said... In a, in a previous episode, we talked about the spiritual warrior. You have to be able to peel everything back. You can't be stuck. You must question. And so as we draw upon our beautiful fifth episode, we learned that meditation is not an experience. It's a realization. Yes. So let's quote a controversial yet profound voice along the path. And this is... The, the great Osho. Yes. A very controversial individual, of course. Very much. But, of course, wisdom has come through that instrument very in many cases as well. And one of the things he said, which I find so profound that I wanted to share with our listeners, is that he said, meditation is not an experience. Rather, it's a stopping of all experiences. Boom. Now that we've warped your concept of reality... <laughs> <laughs> Tremendously, I would say. <laughs> How about some personal time away from sensory impressions in order to allow processing and assimilation of this podcast message and just some space to be now? Ah. <sighs> What an interesting conversation we just had, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we like it. Simple yeah. and profound. Uh -huh. No, My brother Jay, thanks for sharing such important messages and reflections. I really enjoyed this conversation and hope that our listening listeners did as well. Well, they're going to, whoever's listening to this is going to hear it. Take your time, take your pace. And I wanted to point out a couple of nuggets before we go. Oh, yes. We were missing the nuggets. All about the nuggets. <laughs> I just want to point out a few nuggets, huh? Yeah. Okay, because there was this was pretty warping in some senses. But I want to point out that we had touched upon some very significant aspects. One of the main aspects here was that we're talking about shifting your perspective. Mm -hmm. And we bring this up a lot. Shifting your perspective is so important as we went into the whole positionality. Yes. And I wanted to point out to our listeners, notice this positionality. As we said about looking at the number six from the bottom, it's a six looking from the top, it's a nine. Now we're arguing about what it is. 
We need to be able to shift our positionality so that we can see gaining loft, let's say. And that means I'm evolving. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in growth, because that's what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in growth, then it's so significant that you understand that the incrementation, the adding of consciousness is your evolutionary process. Yes. So getting into a different shift means that instead of being stuck with, why is this world like this? All of a sudden I start to go, wait a second, what is this world that has been sold to me to be one way? Mm -hmm. Shift positionality. And now you can be uh, in a new fresh state where instead of being in the grind, we had also mentioned the concept of being stuck as the association to. This is the personalizing Mm -hmm. of the content loops. I say, but that's just how I am. Well, why do you do that? Because that's just how I am. No, you're claiming a habit as your personality. Yes. So we stop claiming these habits and we watch them. And this is another nugget. When we step back and we're willing to just be here and watch things come and go, you start to lose that tension. And you see that you're the seer. You're not the phenomena. You're not the object. You're the seer. You're the light, as we've said in several. You're the light shining through the mind and through the body. And so there's, you know, even though this is kind of a mind-warping podcast today, (laughs) this episode, it's so important that we just take a complete shift in what we've been perceiving. And it will help because for those who are going through, for example, those who are going through a healing process, what we're saying is don't claim the process, don't claim the illness, don't claim the dis-ease. Be present with it. I put out a little short vid, that little short one that came out, and basically it said that suffering is a calling for investigation. We need to investigate the pain as to what it's saying. And so another nugget that I want to impart to our audience before we tune out of this episode is being, as we said, relaxation is a superpower. Just being present and being with and investigating will reveal so much that we are distracted from. Mm -hmm. that we start to find out that anything that we would ever need to know, if you just become lucid, present, and watch, you'll find out. Oof. Amazing nuggets. Amazing nuggets. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. And um, our audience might be asking, what's next in the Sacred Dynamics podcast? And let me tell you, in our next episode, we will give an intro into Vedic Astrology the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, and how to simply, yet profoundly, utilize for healing and awakening with our amazing special guest, Julia Tulsi Bagnolia. Mm -hmm. Our dearest listeners, as you know, 
our mission and purpose in Sacred Dynamics is to support the restoration of humanity through the personal healing and awakening process. The true commitment starts with oneself and then radiates outwards to all beautiful souls. Yes, or we could even say it radiates inwards to all beautiful souls. Ah. Well said, absolutely. And Sacred Dynamics is currently developing the beautiful upcoming Sacred Mastery School um, and some different course offerings and some beautiful things. Um, the Sacred Dynamics Mastery School is an infusion of this sacred path and the guidance to reveal and embody a flowing heart space, to reveal one's true identity, as we spoke here, to peel back and invigorate and refresh. So if you're interested in getting engaged in the great work yourself, if you're feeling moved by this, you're being moved by what's moving us. And so if there is a feeling of wanting to connect and to get involved right away, we invite you to analyze a couple of options. One-on-one -on -one work, which can be done directly with myself. There's some, some openings there. So if you want to reach out and connect, either on video conference or there's some space here in the Baja if you happen to be here. Um, and we're developing some sacred group pods. And so these are smaller groups that are you know, gathering maybe uh, some like-minded individuals together that are compelled to go beyond limits and amplify conscious expansion, uh, the consciousness expansion, and exponential growth and doing that in a group. And a uh, little sneak peek, we're also kind of playing around with some live events, which are also on the horizon. So just wanted to Ooh. mention those things. Huh? Just <laughs> want to put them out there. Absolutely. So dear sacred souls, Thank you very much for connecting. Really, we really appreciate it. If you like what you're listening, we encourage you to share our work with your close relations. And please connect with us through Instagram at Sacred Dynamics with 1D. Visit our website, sacreddynamics.com 1D, or join us through our Telegram channel at Sacred Dynamics 1D. You'll find the links in the show notes. So don't worry, you'll get them there. You'll get them. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Until next time, stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.